0: Podcast. My name is Victoria Jones, and I'm in the business of empowering people to become successful business owners. Through this podcast, I want to equip you with the knowledge and inspiration needed to kickstart your business, build your brand, and begin your entrepreneurial journey. I'll be interviewing the world's most successful business leaders, innovators, and influencers. We'll delve deep into how they launch their business, the tips they've learned along the way, and reveal what it takes to succeed. Today I'm interviewing Nat Dean Weimark, the director of Compass Studio, a PR, marketing and digital studio that specializes in doing good work for brands that do good, as the catchy tag- tagline says. Mm-hmm. Um, they're proud to call Patagonia, Seabin, The Contra Space, The Good Empire, Better Packaging Co, and All Press as just some of the amazing clients that they work with. Nat founded her company, Compass Studio, um, three years ago with her husband, Luke, and also has an 18-month-old son called Darcy. I'll be chatting to Nat today about how to build an authentic brand, market your business, get media coverage, and manage the constant work-life juggle as a mum too. I used to work with Nat when I was the online manager, and Nat was the national advertising manager at Australia's number one beauty site, uh, Beauty Heaven. I don't know if it still is, but I remember when we used to work there, we would say that. And um, we both worked under the inspirational leadership of Jackie Maxted, who later sold her business to Bauer for a hugely profitable sum and um, who we both still turn to for business advice, don't we? Yes, we do. Um, I know Jackie made me realise you know, it's possible to start your own business from scratch and build it into something you're really proud of. Um, and watching her build her company was amazing. Do you think she inspired you in some ways to start your own company?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think Jackie's leadership um, from like a just her business knowledge and also the warmness that she brought into that business, f- f- like it felt like a family. And I think I I think after working for that company, I definitely it's so to see that I definitely wanted to create something like that for myself. Yeah. And you
0: have, haven't you? Yeah. (laughs) It's lovely. And was it something you'd always dreamed of doing? Had you had the concept of Compass Studio um, in the back of your mind for a while?
1: How did it all come about? Well, Luke and I kind of got to this stage of our career um, a couple of jobs later from Beauty Heaven where we were kind of at, we were at the top of our fields. We had big teams under us. We were working with some of Australia's biggest brands and we kind of, just struggled to get out of bed in the morning. Um, yeah. because we were like, wow, we, we made it as according to the story of success. But I guess like how we're we using what like our skills and our our power for, for the better. And yeah. then we just had this idea we're like, we'll just start a PR marketing company. We'll be just you and I and we'll just we'll just we'll just do this. Um, and then three years later we're almost ten people strong and we are definitely it's definitely not just Luke and I anymore yeah um but yeah I feel really good getting out of bed every day
0: yeah that's the main that's the goal for lots of people isn't (laughs) it and um and what was the hardest part of starting like getting your first client and building your brand up
1: oh I think a lot of people say to me oh you're so brave to start your own company but I don't think starting is the hardest bit I feel like the endurance and the resilience it takes to keep on going is, is the hard bit. So, so when it was just Luke and I, it was really easy to make decisions because, you know, there's just two people and yeah. we're also husband and wife, so it's like 50%, 50% vote. <laughs> um, but, but as we get bigger, I guess you have to filter your, every decision you make for like, you know, through 10 people. Yeah. And if it works if we were ten people strong, if it works if we were twenty people strong or thirty people strong. So I think um in the I think starting, just do it. And then yeah. I think have some really clear um, business mentors, some really clear advice and a really clear pathway of self-learning to kind of get you along those first years
0: yeah because it is I mean isn't there some stat that most businesses fail in the first year or the first um yeah absolutely I think
1: it's like 95 percent of startups yeah um you know their first year is the hardest and and it is so hard because most of the time you're learning to do something you've never done before
0: yeah so and I think that's where that coming back to that really strong purpose yeah will get you through those tough times like that resilience that You know, because I've seen lots of people, especially influencers I've worked with, get all excited, build their brand, and then they've kind of haven't done it for the right reason and Mm. they'll eventually drop away. But the people that last are the people that are really strongly have a, a purpose and a why to why they're doing
1: it. Exactly. And I think if you can, as a startup, if you can do the things, take all the experience you've learned from big businesses or the best businesses you've worked for, even good business practices in market and do that as a startup. So from the very first day, even when it was just Luke and I, we had a mission statement. We had a values, we had an internal values document that we planned to share with every single team member who ever started with Compass. So we and we still have that values document on and on people's very first day we sit down with them and go through them our mission statement and our internal values. And has it changed the mission statement or is it what is your mission statement? Um it- our mission statement is is We believe in the power of marketers to change the world. So we, so, and a lot of people have, when I've said that, have said to me, but really, and I truly believe that because I think if we can change, you know, we're not doctors, we're not scientists, we're not engineers, we're never going to change the world that way, Yeah. but we're really good at PR and marketing. And so what that does is amplify the messages of brands that do good. Yeah. And if we can just I truly believe that most people want to make better buying decisions, they just need to be presented with the right information. So if we can spread the word of those brands that do good and change buying habits, we can actually change the world.
0: Yeah. I think that's really powerful yeah. and um you know because lots of people might think oh marketing it's mm. you know a bit fluffy or um I mean look at Scott Morrison he just did that. Um, oh my goodness! That's ridiculous oh my goodness. Um, little PR <laughs> oh. campaign, you know, for, for just the wrong reasons. And I think, yeah, coming back to what you say, just doing, you know, you're marketing something that
1: Authentic. is actually going to help people and help their lives, and and doing um, it with purpose and authenticity, and not doing it for an opportunity. But I feel yeah. like we could get in a completely separate conversation about yeah. Scott Morrison, <laughs> yeah. which I'm not going to do because then it will turn into a really negative. <laughs> <you
0: know. laughs> And obviously, you know you've been awarded the B Corp accreditation, yes. um, which is amazing, and it shows that you're doing exactly what you're you're saying you're doing. Was that um, a goal that you had to get that accreditation? I mean, for people that don't know about it, can you just yeah? Explain so a bit B
1: Corp more? is um, an international certifying board that recognises best business through a number of pillars like um, governance, financials, employees culture um and now that i've said it everyone listening to this podcast will start seeing the b popping up on their favorite brands hopefully because there's about two i think there's sorry i think there's 560 b corps in australia um at the moment and um i guess why it was important to us is a lot of our clients are b corps Um, so we wanted that recognition from our peers that we're expecting them to be best business. So we're, we're going to actually practice what we preach to. And so we wanted to be certified from a third party. But also just from a team perspective, we it's really easy as owners and as leaders to say, you know, we're a great business, but how can you prove that? How can you yeah. actually put that through its tests? And so we have actually, we are a big, and I think it comes back to authenticity. We're really big on doing what we say we do so if we say we're a good business we have actually certified a good business (laughs) yeah
0: I think it's something to be really proud of yeah
1: um and so how have you
0: you know in terms of you started with Luke and then you got your first client and you had a very strong purpose about working with brands that do good Mm -hmm. um how did you go out and get that first client because I think that's a question lots of people ask like how do I because I say you only need one client exactly. to, set, to start your business really. And people say, how do I just get that first client? How did that come about for you, your first yeah, paying I, customer?
1: I think you just tap on a lot of doors and, and consistently, like people always talk about Patagonia because when we won that, um, that partner of ours, we actually won it from a marketing company that's like the global and like hundreds deep in Australia Wow. and people ask how we did that. And we just kept on, we just kept on getting in touch. We, we had an attitude of generosity to them. So, so we would send, and we do this with all our partners. So it's not about just always asking for stuff. Like if you're truly interested in that brand, how can you show them that? How can yeah. you, how can you be truly engaged in their, in what they're doing? Um, and, and I guess, just human to human connection not business to business
0: yeah I think that's good you know even just picking up the phone or arranging to meet for a coffee and it's not that hard sales thing like I think people get scared of that sale 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 but you don't need to be like that it's more about building a relationship isn't it yeah
1: and that is that is sales like how do like how do you feel when a telemarketer calls you you feel like you don't have time for the call. You feel like you you, you like to stop, stop selling to me. Yeah. So people want to be connected with before they're sold to. Yeah. And I think that's good advice for people starting out. Like who,
0: you know, who do you want to work with? Start establishing relationships with them as opposed to just trying to push your product or service on them yeah, straight and, away.
1: And that's how we keep clients too is like, I guess like it's a, it's a two-way relationship. So it's give and receive. It's, it's add value and ask and yeah. you need to maintain that like like it's like any friendship i guess you just it's the same thing yeah and i like the way you call them partners as opposed to clients I yeah think that's a really well that's we, we're not we that's one of that's actually one of our um values is we're not in it for the the short game We're yeah. we're the long play so we like a, a, if we engage with someone, we want to we want it to be on the long term because that's where we get results. That's where we understand their brand. That's where we can really truly act on behalf of them and make their life easier. Yeah. Whereas when something's just quick, it's the, you know it's, yeah, it's almost useless for both parties.
0: Yeah, that's what I would say with the influencers and brand partnerships we've done. Like never do a one off sponsored post because it doesn't work for the influencers' audience. It doesn't work for the brand. Like you need to invest in long term partnerships and then you'll find that influencer starts talking about your brand just authentically Mm. you know when when appropriate rather than just passion-based yeah yeah um and which in terms of the brands you've worked with what's been the most sort of successful strategy in terms of getting their message out there has it been because the whole media landscapes changing all the time has it been
1: social media platforms
0: um Um, tv what's
1: We specialize in PR, um, social media marketing, performance marketing, and content creation. Yeah. And the most successful campaigns, I think, are a bit of all of those things because we kind of look at um, a current media strategy to be like a sales funnel. Yeah. Um, So you have PR with your mass awareness, so you get media picking it up and then you have social media to build your loyalty and your audience. And then you have performance marketing um, to, I guess, convert those clients.
0: Yeah. So would that be the paid for marketing on social? Yeah. Um, And what about content as well? Is that something that you help brands produce?
1: Yeah. So we do, um, we do blog content and we do EDMs and that kind of that kind of fits into that middle bracket of like building your loyalty, building your word of mouth marketing, building just, I guess, your tribe.
0: Yeah. And do you find it's harder now for brands to get cut through? I know with
1: EDMs, um, it is harder to build. People get so many now. Yeah. Kind of, it's very flooded. I do. And it, and it also is dependent upon the time. Like, for example, at the moment, we're facing such a catastrophic time in terms of the climate and the fires It's really hard to get cut through with media um, and even on social um, at this time when our feeds are absolutely flooded. Yeah. And so I guess it's just being mindful about when you launch, what you're saying um, and how you're, you know, and being nimble. So so being able to adapt your strategy to what's going on at that particular time. Yeah.
0: And I think it's quite a difficult one that because I was even thinking this with ticket sales for the event that mm. you're going to be speaking on. I want to donate 100% of the profits to the bushfires. But then as I was saying it, I was thinking, I hope this doesn't seem like I'm using the bushfire, you know, to, to get people to buy tickets to the event. But it it wasn't coming from that place. It was more, um, you know, I want to give something, you know, something yeah. else. I want people to feel like they're contributing but getting something I think it's well. a
1: really beautiful idea because I think if people can – you know, if business, if startup businesses can benefit on a knowledge base, but also on an environmental basis yeah. from this event, that'd be really lovely. I and on the fires, um, I just think the key is consistency with everyone. So it's so beautiful that all these bl- brands are pledging their profits now. Yeah. Um, I think we need to consider how we're doing it in six months time and 12 months time and we're actually working on a strategy at Compass that kind of taps into this situation on a monthly basis so how can we give to different areas of Australia that have suffered from this disaster yeah as
0: opposed to just why it's you know the topic at the moment that everyone's yeah on so
1: bandwagon on aren't they 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 all want to have a voice which is great today? um and it's never before has there been such an atmosphere of change and i feel like it's really hopeful time in australia's history to kind of like we all want change yeah but now, now it's like how can we make change enduring as a as business owners so how can we if we want to help how can we how can we make it a 2020 goal yeah not just a
0: January one yeah good good tip I mean that's a whole nother conversation can't it yeah Um, we'll have to get someone like yeah someone I think Jacinda Hurt-Adern I've been trying to get her on the show (laughs) yeah she would be really good I'm sure she'd have some interesting things to say (laughs) I'll keep pushing for that one good thank you um and then um working with your husband that because I know lots of people (laughs) start business partner um like I'm amazed because I know I don't think I could work with my husband um we just I think we'd argue all the time in business but you obviously have made it work um how have you done it have you kept work and personal
1: life separate or yeah so um Jackie who you mentioned at the start of the podcast is actually um working with us on a business coaching level and she gave us the really great tip of just using language um to kind of clearly identify when you're talking about work and when you're not because I think we can all be guilty of just drip letting work drip through all waking hours yeah and it's kind of not a productive drip it's kind of just annoying drip like you're not in a solutions mode so now Luke and I use the language of okay I'm just going to turn the tap on and we talk about it and we get to solutions yeah and then one of us will say okay let's turn the tap off now because it's a really clear like I've had enough of this conversation. We've either got to a solution or we haven't. Yeah. But we both recognise by saying that that we're in the space to like have a solution. Um, yeah, because, rather than because just otherwise. For the sake of yeah, it. in you know, we've definitely made the mistake of just letting work be everything to us. And you know, we have a baby, as you said. We can't we can't let work define the colour of every day.
0: Yeah. And how have you done that? Because obviously that's um, um, a struggle. What I'm finding at the moment with a seven-month-old and Mm. I've got my mother-in-law, Francesca, to thank for looking after Liliana so I can do this podcast. Mm. But that's, I know lots of people, mums in particular, looking to start their own business. They don't want to go back to their corporate job after their maternity leave. They want to start something
1: themselves. What advice would you give to mums managing that juggle? Yeah, so the juggle is real um and so much has been said on the juggle yeah. that's probably could it's say it better than what i could say it but and i think it's get really important to get really clear on what you value as a family and make decisions from there but for us um what's worked for me has just been committing to where i am at a certain time so if i'm at work i i really trust the people who care for darcy yeah. and he's with them and then if i and i'm at work and i'm i'm focused and i'm getting through through a lot and then if i'm at home i try not to have my phone tied to me i try to be non-negotiable about meetings about emails um and just try to be really present where i am because i i believe that's how you get the best out of me personally yeah um but at the end of the day i think we all need to recognize too that um what the juggle what is actually at the core of the juggle and that's a baby and that's like a, a life that is so joyful and present and and beautiful. Like I'm a workaholic and the way I used to get work done was I'd work to 12 o'clock at night and get up at 5 a.m. the next morning and start. And And I was just a workhorse and I was really proud of that. But Darcy is my stopwatch. So I can't do that anymore because I've got this engaged, interesting, joyful little boy and so I don't feel like I've ever had better work-life balance than now yeah. because he's literally my compass. And he's, do you
0: feel like you're more productive when, I know this is just from me, I feel mm-hmm. like I get a lot
1: more done Absolutely, now in the time than I used to before. Yeah, um, absolutely. I'm I'm so much more, more I'm clear, again, because I'm clear on my values, I'm really clear about what I need to do in the business and what I need to do at home. Um, but... I just – I think that it was this – it was actually um, a quote from a book I'm I'm reading, Adriana Huffington's Thrive at the moment. Oh,
0: yes. I still haven't read that.
1: It's so good. It's really good. And she said the core focus of leadership, the only focus of leadership within a business is to see the iceberg at the front of the ship. So if you're burnt out, if you're stressed, if you're multitasking, doing a billion things at once, you can't look up, you can't see the iceberg. And so – I know at work, my job is to see the iceberg, so I've got to yeah. I've got to look up, um, and it's kind of the same with with, I guess, being a mum too. Yeah, you've got to be able to look ahead.
0: And how do you do that? Do you have? I know you said you've got business coach. Do you? Mm-hmm. What sort of self development or things have you done to get your mindset in the right space and and yeah. keep that you know, that positive attitude and that awareness? What do you do personally? To- um,
1: I re- I read a lot. I'm very and listen to a lot of inspiring podcasts like yeah. this one. Um, I connect with people. It's like that that quote that says you are the sum of the five people you spend the most time with. So I yeah, really do, do you really believe? I that? really <laughs> do. I really do. In in my team and my friends, I I just have amazing support and incredible energy, and I'm really really grateful for that. Yeah, I feel like I've got some really good gap filling friends um which i'm very grateful for and also um i'm i meditate every day it's kind of what i need to do to to just do what i do yeah um i know that's something
0: that um tim ferris he says yeah you know he did that you know um he interviewed the most successful businesses and he said the number one common theme that ran throughout all of them was that they meditated every day
1: yeah like Um, and and it doesn't have to be meditation it just has to be something that you do to kind of get back to neutral or close to neutral every day that can be going for a swim that can be going for a walk that can be just talking on the phone to a friend who makes you happy yeah um but for me i noticed last year i was so busy um that And so full in my schedule that I really put meditation to the side. And I just, I'm so much clearer on my decisions and I guess my, just my position in the world when I take that time every day to just kind of reset.
0: Yeah, I think that's good advice and it's something that everyone
1: can do as well.
0: Um, And obviously we've got our event coming up, Mm -hmm. um, which is, yeah, for anyone that hasn't already got a ticket, on the 23rd of January um, at 6.30 p.m. And that's going to be on the panel there talking a bit more about um, her business and how she started it. Um, On that theme, there's going to be six steps to starting your own business that I'm going Mm -hmm. to be talking about. And the sixth step is knowing your value and what to charge and i get asked this a lot and i think you know i know i struggled with it fun. as well what yeah. to charge and i had clients on retainer and some on project basis how have you have do you have a
1: set system of what to charge or how have you kind of valued what you do um so this is something that emma from our team and i are going to sit down and um discuss again this week because it's a really hard thing yeah. um but i guess one the first thing just being like understand that making a profit isn't or talking about money isn't a dirty word like without a profit there is no business so, yeah so so especially if you have a purpose um the con- a purpose-led business the concept of profits gets profit and purpose-led gets a bit murky but i guess just understanding that money and build stability and so, don't shy away from that. Um, don't don't shy away from charging what you need to live, or sustain, or to grow, or to create bigger impact. Because that's yeah. actually what you're trying to do in the first place. And money is part of that. Yeah. And then I think just incentivizing long term partnerships. So incentivizing um, someone to come on for twelve months, opposed to six months, as opposed to three months. So I guess building those kind of like longevity. Value into your rate card,
0: yeah, yeah. Rather because it takes a long time, you know, if you're getting the right clients to yeah. actually get that client, yeah, and you don't want to lose them a few months later. You want you want someone that's
1: going to be with you, yeah, you know, for a long time, as opposed to just keep having new and always over service um, and over deliver where you can. Yeah, I think I think it's really important, especially for startups, to establish why you're different to a big agency that could probably do it for cheaper yeah Um, but
0: and do you do like little added value thing like do you absolutely you kind of don't tell them about the
1: beginning but then you will deliver for them yeah absolutely so anywhere like and that that that's also something really important to note just because someone's not actively working with us at the moment doesn't mean they're not a partner of ours so for example Patagonia works with us on a project basis. Yeah. Um. But just say we're not working with them on this given month. If an opportunity for them comes into our inbox, we're never going to not send it on. If we have an opportunity to connect them with someone who we think would be beneficial for the brand, we're never not going to do that. Like, it's yeah. a, it's a, it's a real, long term relationship.
0: Yeah. And I think that's a really a real beauty of small business because I know bigger agencies they would don't, never do that. They just don't. Like in my experience, yeah, they yeah. just. Maybe the people that work for them don't care as much or not invested in their values. I, yeah. Or they haven't communicated it. It's but just, a,
1: it's a business. Yeah. So, what you need to do as a startup business is establish a human to human connection. Yeah. Not the business to business, because the bigger people are going to do that better than you. Yeah. And what I you think- can do is establish a real lasting relationship. Yeah. Very true.
0: Um, And just because I can hear Liliana (laughs) crying, it's probably time to to wrap up. Um, I could talk to you uh, all day about um, how you started. And I'd like to just touch um, on this year and your plans for this year and maybe um, the coming years. And then we have our final five questions that I just asked as well.
1: Um, So So, 2020, it sounds like the future. I know. I feel like it's a really good
0: year. To start a business, or for people, yeah, you know, to too. actually do something that is truly 2020 is with your them. year. Everyone yeah. who's listening.
1: <laughs> um, so, 2024 Compass, we well, I spoke about the fire relief strategy that we're trying to get in place. So, we're going to um, do our best to kind of draw in local members um, of the community and our partners to really rally together on a consistent basis throughout the year to support people who have been victims of these terrible disasters yeah um and we also have we have a new website new branding on the cards we have an ebook coming out um which is how to do good business in 2020 and will
0: um, that be something people can download for yes free? it is it's a oh, free great. resource so um we'll that, share the link then. yes
1: absolutely um and that and yeah there's so much more more coming but I guess that's the good thing about having a small business is don't feel too much pressure to know it all right now. Kind of let it like be nimble, be flexible, kind of let it kind of let it come to you because I feel like that's how the best things happen.
0: Yeah, very true. And our final five, um, just whatever comes to your head mm-hmm. first um, is usually the best answer. <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> uh, so number one, the
1: biggest challenge or hurdle that you've overcome? Personally or professionally? I
0: think professionally, because it's about business.
1: Growing a team.
0: A daily habit that helps you stay motivated.
1: Getting outside first thing. Advice to your younger self. It's good to have a plan, but be prepared to throw the plan out the window.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Plan plan never works, does it? (laughs) Good to have goals, um, but yeah, be flexible. Um, A good habit or skill to develop in business.
1: The ability to listen and really hear.
0: yeah, good advice. I think lots of people don't listen, especially, yeah, clients have said that as well that they've chosen to work with me or someone
1: else because we've actually listened to what they want as opposed yeah. to just trying to sell. And also just learn to sometimes be quiet and let people tell you what they want rather than what you think they want or need. Yeah <laughs> And often people don't know what they
0: want. I find sometimes like it takes a while for them to to talk about it and actually vocalize it um and number five finish this sentence and influence it is dot 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 someone who can change the world oh lovely one to end on yeah thanks nat (laughs) and um yeah if you would like to come along to our event i will post some details um on this podcast and yeah um hopefully we'll talk to you again maybe in a few years and see yeah how compass is developing yes Uh, So thanks for listening, everyone. If you want to turn your business dreams into reality and become the go-to expert in your industry, then get in touch to find out more about our business and coaching programs and do subscribe so you can stay tuned for upcoming interviews and advice from other inspirational business leaders like Nat. Thanks for having me. Thanks very much. Bye.